Magic Without Fears Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. All right, let's All right. do this. We're right. live. How's it going, man? Oh, my friend wants to say hi. Uh-oh. Hi, Joshy. I love you. Oh, my you. God. I'm the Canada you, Bear. Wow. Are you okay? Wow. Are you, Get that are you wet okay? ass pussy. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you all right, man? Yeah, I'm very, very well. Very well. All right, cool. I got my cool. magic hat. Mama said it would take me anywhere. Yeah, I, I can imagine that and the bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe that you just wet ass pussied me with a stuffed bear. It, it is, it is always a pleasure to be on the, the, uh, Magic without fears with magic without fears, the golden dawn side of the fence. <laughs> it's it's there's not many golden dawn sides of the fence, are there? Really? Not really. No, but there's like the ceremonial magic group of people that are all into Kabbalah and the QBL and uh, you know, that that side of the culture that that knows how to trace stars really well and yeah. You know, it yeah. does a lot of astral magic and <laughs> <laughs> right well that's 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 sort of the tradition i'm from indeed yeah i was yes. i had like a four-hour talk with scotland the other day about this 
and uh crazy stuff you get to learn when you talk to other like people on the level you know because we all mm -hmm. like you know they know a lot like usually as much if not a little bit more than you do even there's people on that level and my buddy in scotland like did you know the first masonic lodge opened actually in 1498 in scotland i did not know that that's no. old I, is and that it's why they call from it the scottish scotland. right no that's a that's a different thing so yeah wow. hopefully he'll come on the podcast mm -hmm. and we'll talk freemasonry cool. yeah. yeah i'm fascinated yeah. to learn more of it it's not my passion but i love I love what I do learn. Yeah. Yeah. You've always had a passion for learning. So. I think we, I think no. we all do. Um, Though you're getting more into archery. Is that the rumor? That's the rumor. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. so, yeah. Tell us about that. Cause I called you the other day or I messaged you the other day. Cause I had a dream about you and I was like, yeah. I have a dream about, had a dream about you. And you're like, I'm taken bro. And I said, no, <laughs> I, in the dream I asked, uh, are you moving to Seattle? And you said like, yes, I think, but that part's fuzzy. But I woke up and I was like, that's absurd because I know that you don't live there and why would you ever? But I guess maybe my subconscious knew because of things I had seen without paying attention. So there, mm. either way, you know. Something like that. Yeah. The great, that's um, the big news though. You're moving to Seattle. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be moving to Seattle probably uh, mid-summer mid this year, June, July. I'm going to be heading out west to the pacific northwest to uh spend time with my my new girlfriend uh nicole who is uh who i'm dating now i i have had the, the good fortune of dating some of the most beautiful and most intelligent and most uh powerful women in the occult and i really think that i should i should teach a class on it <laughs> that is not where i thought you were going to go with that um i thought i thought you you'd Go sincere, but there you there you are. But, um, I am being quite sincere, but, um, dude. I have, yeah, I know that's the scary part. I have I have this whole I have an outline for the course already set up. Oh Lord, Saints, the love us. magic of the seven spheres. Oh my God! But yeah, you're, you're no, gonna, I mean, I'm gonna sell I've, a lot of that. I've managed I've managed to um, just make to uh, sure to do a chapter like Don Craig's Modern Magic, at least one. Come on, I want one? diagrams. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> No, no one knows what we're talking about. Dude, that <laughs> no, shocked me at 14. That was like, not so shocking because I had had the Tantra element and the Maharishi upbringing. Oh. But, but it was still intense to read so much of that stuff, even though my mom had books, like tons of sex books on Tantra all over the house growing up. Right. Yeah. My dad, my dad was uh, like, I, I grew up in this charismatic Christian family, but my dad was a reflexologist. So he had a lot of books on Taoism. And one of them was the Tao of uh, health, sex, and longevity. And like a good half that book is like the Yellow Emperor's <laughs> pillow book. <laughs> and I was like, so I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the Chinese version of the Kama Sutra at like 16 years old thinking, you know, all kinds of wonderful What's things. What's funny <laughs> is when you see those books and then you hear about shit from guys in your high school class or haven't helped you grade school class, it doesn't really mm -hmm. line up right you're like and as you breathe in she breathes out and as she breathes right. out and then at school you're like yo i violated her like a parking meter as one of my friends delightfully said oh one day God. in grade 10 it's That's pretty good line it. actually i vi violated her like a parking meter it was funny though i thought he, I was, sort of a, he was sort of a gross dude you know one of those gross high school sex times. dudes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't i don't think that one name? would go over so jo well his name was days. jonathan roth john john roth oh 
funny character, man. He loved speed and tool. And now, a word from our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or six dollars a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot. Plus, you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Ah, well, I, 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 can, I can understand tool, but yeah, I mean, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, a love course. You're serious. Eventually. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's very fascinating. Somebody asked me um, the other day, uh, you know, what, what is it about? Um, why, 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 why are you only, uh, comfortable when you're in a relationship you know because like I'm, I'm a serial monogamous as you know <laughs> i uh I, I, you're, you're I, one of those people who doesn't usually spend be, uh, ex- be single for long you don't I have don't long like to be single no, yeah but the reason the reason is is because i'm i i've embraced that aspect of my of my taurian nature and being ruled by venus so that's what that's what my uh, story is and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that story until such a time as I have to change it. So astrology can give us some wonderful excuses. I love it. Yeah, it's it's fabulous. The more I learn about astrology, the more I, I realize that it's never a good time to do anything. So <laughs> okay. I'm gonna confess something to you that is like so so not uh trendy right now. Um I generally don't care much about planetary hours. I would use them. But in my experience, it hasn't made that much of a difference. Oh my gosh! Bite your tongue. I know, right? Like that—that's actually a, that's actually news, like for me well, to say that. But it's so, just—it's just I haven't noticed a drastic difference. Maybe not more than just my intentionality of making that hour magical. And trust me, I get the astrology parts of it. Like I really what is, do. What does the Golden Dawn teach about why why we do astrological hours? 
Like why, why do oh, we do this, planetary it's the standard hours stuff. There's only one reason as far as I can tell uh, across all the Western systems. Do you know of multiple versions of why? No, I don't. I yeah. just don't know what, you, what you've learned. Just, but I heard... You know, it's governed by that being. So it's the favorable time, you know, maybe the veil's thinner. Yeah, it's it's about um, the way I learned it was uh, communications are clearer in that hour mm -hmm. because it's it's just it's got an affinity with the planet and it's based on I mean the days of the week are all man made right <laughs> I mean it's not like it's not like when you're born you're given a list of days that, that you know maybe the first person was was definitely not given that I mean, yeah we get it from our parents but. But it's a it's a societal construct. I mean, every culture has their own names for the days of the week, and we agree that there's seven because it's convenient for business. But well, you know, as much as I am, would love to just yeah say look, let's remember these are all, you know, conceptual constructs, and you know, mm -hmm. rely on Platonic metaphysics, like the metaphysics of presence, like nominalism, essentialism, that sort of thing, right? But then when you look at some crazy shit like crop circles, geometry, Pythagoras, and like fractals, you start to realize there are these numerical patterns. And that's when it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. whoa, you know, our symbols don't come from nothing. They're just sometimes very multidimensional. Yeah, it's revealing the, the patterns that are under, under, underlying the apparent chaos of our existence. Did you know but that people who go into uh, tri uh, crop circles based on triplicate uh, three patterns, feel well and healthy and ones who go into uh four or five or eight patterns get really sick i did not know that. that's what's weird about that is that it, those shape patterns and vibrations line up to it with me with my experiences in dmt land oh okay. that's what i find really curious about that i have i have not i have not had any dmt experiences yet well you're going to be a two-hour drive away pretty soon vancouver yeah. to seattle yeah, I'm looking forward to them <clears throat> lifting the COVID restrictions so I can actually get some decent cigars and visit some friends. Yeah, nice. I mean, yeah, we could leave. We can leave Canada, but on the way back, we have to spend three days in hotel jail. <laughs> yeah, that's not like so bad. Two grand, three grand. That's not and so they, bad. They starve you. They starve you? Oh, yeah. You get like a piece of bread and a banana a day to eat. Are you kidding? No. No. And one woman just got raped and because <laughs> you're just a prisoner in a shitty jail that you have how to about, pay for how about you don't don't leave <laughs> why don't we wait until yeah. after the restrictions are left in yeah then, that's uh, the plan travel. yeah never mind oh man how's how's uh things with the the book the recent book release oh you know what um you getting lots of feedback i I have not gotten a lot of feedback. No, uh, people have bought it. I am trying to do a course on it. I've got a course put together for it. Uh, getting that launch took me about nine months. I thought it was going to take me about two weeks. So everything is like super delayed. You know, there's something about um, this material world that's just, it just drags ass, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it just takes fucking forever to get anything done and uh it, everything takes a lot longer than i expect and so yeah it, it it i'm like nine months behind schedule with where i wanted to be with the book release and the classes and academia hermetica you keep asking me what what's going on with academia hermetica well, and the the at the end of the day what's going on with it is 
I have a list of things I'm supposed to be doing with it that I haven't gotten to yet. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and money has made it, uh, uh, take a backseat to other endeavors. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely understand all of that and the, the limitations of our time and how, how hard it is to, you know, yeah, I look forward to having spaces and, you know, I can't, you can't, we can't actually go see friends legally. So like, mm-hmm. you know, my film friends, I can't go see them. And that's too bad because they have a mansion with the pool table and shit like that. But we're not even allowed to go to a friend's house. Um, and who knows when that'll last till that's, it's pretty unending. Yeah. Well, it's not like you haven't spent a lot of time in a, in, in a sequestered vault before. So <laughs> I mean, you're used to quarantines, right? I'm highly, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm functional in the astral plane. You sort of have to be uh, at a certain point when you're spending such long periods of time, you know. So, so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm fascinated by the contrast of, of focus on, uh, you know, physical ritual tools and their presence versus astral realities and abilities. That, I that's it. I, I find that I, like I, I find it like the two pillars, force and form, and they live in tension, and that's how they work. Well, that's I. I mean, so I I don't have a, a rich tradition of astral magic. No, you know, I mean, and I I've read down Michael Craig, and I, I but I never did like all the Israel Regardier work. I never done all the Golden Dawn stuff, and my AA uh training that was you know it's crowley's ripoff version of the golden dawn <laughs> it's um hey he brought it, in some great stuff actually in my opinion yeah i i have, I have no complaints about it but it's uh I, I never got that far in it you know i never i mean i was i was i was the imperator but as you know it's it's a title <laughs> imperator <laughs> where sort of i mean you, you don't get to really tell anybody what to do. You can tell them what to do, but they, especially in a thelemic order, they don't do it. Oh, dude, you know, no. They're, they're going to do are, what they will anyway. We are, <laughs> that's totally, di- you know, so impurities are totally different. And like, yeah, man, no, in the Golden Dawn, we're a lot more militant and order following. Like, impurities oh, yeah. imp- tell everyone what to do. Like, there was well, weeks, I, you know, on end where it's like, look, you're only going to sleep 15 minutes a night for the next week. It's like, yeah, of course. You know? See, See, I could tell them that, but we're Thelemites and it You're so rebellious. It's your undoing. it's not it's not rebellious. <laughs> it's 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 knowing knowing your Pugnacious. true will. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. your true will? Uh not to sleep for 15 minutes tonight. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not your uh well that's that's not a bad thing that Crowley brought into into it, you know, uh because you, you can see some of these golden dawn orders get culty, and that's a that's a bad tendency, right? Like that would be, it would be nice to find ways so that that's harder to have happen. It would have been nice if they would have listened. Who? I mean, the AA (laughs) to me Uh, when I was a boss. (laughs) I was the boss. I was the boss for like a minute. mm. I mean, the Imperator. When I I was Imperator, let me tell you, I issued edicts and. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. See, that's just it is. yeah, it's, that's what sort of makes it noble in my eyes is it's a huge commitment and it pushes you past your limits and that's good on every level. Yeah, and and you, so I, I joke around about authority a lot, you know, but I've, I've had to 
cheers to that <laughs> but i mean I've, I've had to accept the the fact that you know with with reputation comes uh responsibility and people are going to listen to what i say and i have to weigh my words more carefully than i than i used to you know because more people are gonna are going to listen to it and think that they should or shouldn't do what i say because i you know what i mean you know like with with the imperator comes a certain um what's the word agator the uh the leadership aspect of 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 the mantle the mantle of authority it comes with a certain uh people do listen to you you know what i mean yeah like, like it's not just a spiritual title it's not just a office that you fill and it's not just a, a culty function or role it's it changes who you are when you become an imperator and it like you said it pushes the limits of of where you're at and yeah it sort of sucks comfortable with yeah, it does. Yeah. We should we should bitch about the privilege that we have. The Imperators Club <laughs> is is one big bitch fest. It yeah. is. It really is. You, you know. know. It, it's you, not our fault you've got, though. It's, you're the one who has to make rulings like like I expelled a lot of people during my time. It wasn't it wasn't anyone. fun. Oh my god, dude, people yeah. And like I mean, it was extra have, hard because I, I was like you know, twenty to twenty-three in that those crucial years it's very hard for someone who's like 40, 50, 60 to listen to you, um, mm -hmm. you know, but Why I, but I had you in charge at such a young age. Well, it was military promotion. Other, you know, Martin left. Now he runs Zaleski order, Zaleski's order. And then, then Marcel yeah. left to get married. And, uh, and, and that was me that was left. So I had to out of the portals, like the 10 or 12 portals we had get two of them trained up to be, in the second order and get them initiated, which takes like a year to get two of them through because it's so, such a massive yeah. process, you know, fly down, everyone flies down to LA and, you know, that's four yeah. days right there. And then they have to spend another two week, three weeks training just there with, 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 with the TDL. You guys, you guys do so much work. You know, I really yeah. do. I, I mean, the golden dawn ought to be. <laughs> that's why I say I was lucky. Like I was lucky. That's what I wanted. It's what I yeah. wanted. Yeah, well, you, you came out of it knowing a lot more than I do. That's for sure. You know, I, we have these conversations, and you bring up it was fun and traumatic. You know, <laughs> it's fun and traumatic. <laughs> I learned so much. Uh, I learned. Yeah, so much. well, <laughs> like it's it's the it's the little the little occasional dramas and gossips that stick out that people remember. But you know, you got most of the iceberg submerged. Like most of it's just you know doing work classes rituals initiations upkeep social yeah. nights halloween parties we did monthly like major ceremonies that would take 20 hours of planning we'd put in a few hundred dollars and then do a three four hour ritual and have a potluck like we did that every single month once a month plus you know neophyte initiation month elemental initiation for that month and uh yeah, yeah and you guys don't hang out and drink afterwards we're too well because afterwards is 3 a.m yeah like yeah like you know because after a regular grade class that's five days a week that's 10 30 to midnight you either have a you're either studying it all night or this there is, might be like people are signed into two different temples 24 7 too why. there's people who come at 4 5 a.m to do an hour of ritual work this is why crowley had to destroy the golden dawn <laughs> why <laughs> why because because you guys are working too hard <laughs> 
<laughs> he took one look at it, he's like, oh no, fuck that. <laughs> this looks like a job. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we, we actually touched on that, me in Scotland the other day. And uh, yeah, yeah, what can we say? That uh, Crowley lived a pretty remarkable life. He was, uh, yeah. I mean, he probably needed a little bit of therapy by our modern standards as a kid probably would have helped. I, like, I, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we've had, we have the benefit of that. Like, you know, when I was 24, yeah. after I got divorced, I did a year of counseling just to like make yeah. sure I like sort of roughed out any edges. And then, you know, 10 years later, I did another year and it was super helpful wow. at like re, you know, making sure you're, you know, checking in, checking in like hardcore about everything. I, and I, I have a benefit of some a shit that you're wrong about. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have a, a wonderful therapist who's um, an occultist who actually uh, does magic and talks to spirits and understands a lot of that. And he's a um, he, he's a therapist to several other prominent occultists in the community. And um, I, I hope that one day he publishes a book. <laughs> about all the crazy nut bags that he has to treat That'd be pretty, and all the weird shit that we put him through hilarious. as our therapist oh my God. You know, can you imagine if Regardier was actually able to publish some of the things that, that he did that would be yeah but yeah I, I was telling my therapist the other day that he's basically the Regardier of his time and he's like oh my god I hope not <laughs> dude yeah it's it's intense when your mind gets filled up with that shit. Like the reason in seminary that they trained us to deal with confessions, the reason is they, that they have to still give priest training for that is because they regularly get uh, murder ones from hell's angels. That's the main mm -hmm. one they get. So hell's angels come in, they've all killed someone at some point, right? So they at some point usually go confess to a priest more often than not at some point. So that's the main murder confession that clergy get to this day. Mm interesting eh? yeah so yeah you hear some messed up shit especially from like abuse survivors and, and other victims yeah like, it's intense and i wouldn't want to be a psychologist man i don't even like reading tarot cards for people you know i mean you know what people I mean? get into some stuff that you don't necessarily want to get into and and with the cards it just shows all this all, all of their shit and it's like the, the more you do it and the better you get at it the the more you see and the less you say you know, it's like, I don't, I don't even read half the things I see in the cards anymore because it's like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to have those conversations with my, with my clients. I mean, they're not, they're not coming to me for that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about what happened to them when they were eight. That's not, <laughs> it's like, put, put that away cards. We don't, <laughs> it's not, it's not helpful. So, but now yeah, I, you, you don't always want to know what you can know for sure. Well, I started offering this service where I, I do this like scrying thing for people to see where they're at spiritually, because people would always ask me, you know, where am I at on this, on this scale of, of your initiatory system with the seven spheres, what sphere would you say I'm at? I'm like, you know, so I'd, I'd scry it and see which one vibrated the most or had the most intense response to the different archangels when I conjured them and, you know, just to see what, where they were at. And I'd be like, okay, I think you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I started offering this service because people were asking for it all the time. So I, I go out and I read people's cards and, and talk to the spirits about them. And, um, and yeah, a lot of what I do is, is filtering out the things that 
uh, are not appropriate for, you know, that kind of consultation and stuff. And I, I don't, I, I think that if, if people are in the occult are going to be doing tarot card readings and stuff like that, you know, they need to have some kind of, I don't know, uh, counseling training or uh, pastor, pastoral counseling, you know, like I, I took some classes in pastoral counseling when I was, yeah, when I was we had in to, my Christian phase. Yeah, we had to do a ton of that. And like, I was already, I was doing that right as I was a new adept at the temple in the Golden Dawn. So it was shocking to me how much we didn't know in the magical order world, you know, like I was like, holy shit, we could really all benefit from this information oh, yeah. from these churches who have been doing this a very long time because yeah, on, a, on, a, on a structural level of any spiritual group they're relatively the same as any church right, right. they're people see doing spirituality for the benefit of themselves and, and the community right. so on and those levels people who are closer the, to god than others the, the knowledge <laughs> that we've learned translates across the board to all human communities mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the tools that you need as a, as a pastoral counselor are going to be the same as a as an imperator or a tarot card reader or a minister or whatever you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be poking around in people's invisible and un unmanifest bullshit then you need to know how to deal with what you find because human beings are an incredibly crippled race of beings <laughs> you know we're, we're just <laughs> it's amazing how many walking wounded there are they're just you know the yeah got nothing but respect for people yeah cheers way to get out of bed guys <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> sorry uh yeah you missed out on an entire conversation i had there yeah i swear i had to run to the bathroom and i'm back Glad you so what do you think happens after we die have you have you got a, a favored thought after on that die yeah um where you stand yeah. on that these days i i really like the the hermetic model that says that we're uh that when you die your your flesh gets resolved to the elements and your spirit ascends and in each each of the seven spheres you leave behind a little bit of your of yourself you know and, and you continue to ascend and ascend and ascend and leave behind the negative aspects of of the powers of this of the of each of the spheres so like um the will to uh something like rambunctious power is what you leave behind in, in the sun and and just all, all the concupiscence of of venus you know sex for sex's sake without there being any love or or valid anything to it you know just all, all your animal nature you leave that behind and then you get to the eighth sphere and you get taught how to do the hymns and silence of the ninth sphere and then you sing up in the ninth sphere you become a power and all that stuff i like that i like that story i don't think it's really what happens but I think what happens is, is we die and we go through some kind of uh, transformative experience, you know, um, that's going to be programmed by our experiences in our life. And we'll have images that relate to death or relate death to what we can understand and process. And then um, I think what happens is the the spirit or soul or eternal whatever it is just leaves the body and continues to hang out yeah. and at that point you just enter a new phase of being and whether it's reincarnating like i 
I have memories of all my past lives, not all of them, not, not all the time, but, you know, I do remember having past lives and I remember certain aspects of them. So I, I believe in reincarnation. Did you I know, I don't believe in reincarnation. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Sometimes people get into a thing and I get a lot of messages about it. They're like, you know, trying to argue. I'm like, look, yeah. it's not I like, like I don't remember my past lives. I do remember my past lives or some of them, but I just don't yes. believe in reincarnation. Ah, so. that's that's the the tension i'm in and for probably the last 15 years i i sort of just figured maybe last you know 10 years through like my mid-20s 30s i just figured you were probably just lights off when you died and then oh i left maharishi behind when i was 12 and became a you know druid oh okay yeah yeah i went deep into you know celtic mysticism up until the golden dawn at 15. Um, don't, don't you end up having to take something like the Bodhisattva vow? No, well, maybe I did one of the transcendental meditation initiations, but I was seven and 10 years old, so I don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah, if there was that. Um, no, when I was 10, I lived in an OTO house, like Oasis, a big, huge white one on the mountain. And uh, that was strange. The main guy was really abusive. But I, you were 10? yeah, yeah. My mom was dating this guy and his girlfriend was a AA priestess and they were doing these OTO rituals and path workings in their cafe on lower Lonsdale called spirals. And they, you know, I was working there when I was 10, 11, 11, 12, 10, 11, and like learning to make coffee and stuff. And it was all walls, black walls and an upper stage. Then it became Bojangles years later and they would do rituals there. I found out later. And when we hmm. left that house one stormy night at midnight with the main guy just screaming at us, you know, like telling my mom she's full of shit and her kids are full of shit and you're a bunch of pieces of shit, all this crazy fucking stuff. I later found crazy out that that house was trafficking in large amounts of cocaine. Um, hmm. So they were doing a lot of stuff. Um, the main guy was sort of a sleazeball. But he wasn't really in the OTO. He just was sort of pretending to be, but his girlfriend was an AA adept and her book tree of life by regardi got left mixed up in my things and it was inscribed to her from her her mentor in the aa and so i had that on my shelf from age 10 11 to 13 and i you know hmm. gone to like cobblest across and stuff tot was very cool that's how that's, that happened that's how you ended up in the rose cross rose crush Roche, Roche well, after that, I did get into Amwork after that because my mom's friends were all like the people who ran it in town. Uh, they were the top people. And yeah, you know, I had to go down to San Jose to get into the adult program, get interviewed and stuff. So we did that. But it was it was all it was all super lame and uh, and silly. And that's why I eventually, you know, risked going to a small Golden Dawn Temple and run by Nineveh Shadrach and you know that's what changed my life <laughs> like serious magicians man <sighs> serious fucking magicians so like I, I, going I like my second class so my second class I had to go to solo classes because I was 15 and they were worried about the influence of other adult members on me so wait till you're 16 which is like of age in Canada and so my solo class like second solo class like go do start do a middle pillar and like 100 vibrations each time was three and a half hours Mm. and in like a yogic pose that was so fucking strenuous why though it was amazing because afterwards i was floating 
Like right. I, I was, I walked out of that building. Like I was, it was beyond anything, any psychedelic, including DMT has done to me. The state I was in, like the holy living ones. Would you do it again? I've done it many times. And I've led hundreds of people through stuff exactly like it for exactly that, that amount of time, all at once in massive temples. There's something wrong with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> something seriously wrong with you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, it's not my calling. I can't do that. I think what my, it is, my, I don't have My cat knows you're being mean to me. Come here. I'm not Come being here, mean. pussy. Come on. I'm not being mean. Protect me, pussy. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. the ugliest cat hey i'm sorry if i mean to you i'm not i'm not really meaning it you know what i actually found was two pictures of the old uh temple of isis mighty mother's uh tahiti and isis shrine and check those out right on yeah those haven't probably been seen since it went down yeah beautiful buildings we would make out of shitty ones yeah that's what the oto does too yeah i bet i've seen it or they they try <laughs> some places are better than others that's the first time i ever heard of you is you were live streaming on facebook from in the oto temple uh, about wow. sophistry right we talked about that i think you were lecturing on sophistry and i was like that hmm. dude is wrong i, I'm gonna talk I probably to was because i don't know i don't know jack shit about sophistry <laughs> Oh, wait, no, I do know yeah. about that. Yeah. Yes, I do know about that. I'm sorry, I thought you were thinking. <laughs> it's, it's a chapter. You're talking about stoicism. I'm like, I don't know if there's anything about stoicism. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, sophistry. <laughs> sophistry. Well, yes, the, the, the sophists, your point was the sophists were not uh, necessarily, we're, we're not a bad philosophical group. And therefore, no, the not. word sophistry doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. But right. it ha does mean a bad thing because it's been... It's not, it's just, that's just the origin of the name, right? Rather than, mm. you know, because so I have a whole chapter in a new book coming out on sophistry as a very bad thing. And so this is important to me. <laughs> but, but sophistry is important. It's, it's not bad. I mean, the being, sophists okay. aren't bad, but sophistry is, is just means deception and lies, mendacity. Right, it's just right. a synonym for mendacity. But in isn't English. that, isn't that in English? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the liar's advocate. And first of all, before I before I go any further, I wanted to, I wanted to be known that I am uh, completely against lying and in all of its many ways, shapes, and forms. I, I I support the truth and honesty in every situation. I think that if if we could honestly be honest with everybody, it would honestly be a honestly better place. <laughs> but I do think that. Um, uh, there's something to be said for sophistry, for skilled mendacity as a magician. Wouldn't you just call you could just call that moving the current? There's a nice sterile GD phrase for you. Okay. Just, just suck out, syringe out all the Crowley from your interpretation of things, brother. Okay. All right. No. I'm, so I'm just so yeah, you can do, you can just manipulate the current though, right? I mean. I mean, yeah, it's control, it's, but it's it's the magician cards, but it's sophisticated. The magician is is a sophisticated. You're entity. moving things in ways that they should be moved. That's the difference between control and manipulation. Manipulation is moving things in ways they shouldn't be moved, uh, okay. or don't so, want to be moved if they have agency. Well, in that case, then yes, you're right. Sophistry is bad. I'm not going to argue with that. But if if sophistry is just a matter of being sophisticated in your communications, 
then there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah. And the sophists weren't an intrinsically bad movement as far as I can recall. Yeah. No, they just, uh, well, yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. They, were they, they sort were, of Machiavellian? Yeah, they were greedy bastards who used uh, their ability to manipulate the language to basically uh, sway the vote whichever way they wanted, which was usually oh, yeah. for their own their own profit. And I might be I might be wrong. I might that sounds so bit. unfamiliar. Yeah, it's almost like they're they were the I oligarchs that were running everything. It's too bad it. you can't give me a parallel in modern life. I can't think of any. So of I right can know now. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Rufus Opus and the Seven Spheres? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it feels like that though sometimes you know the whole imposter syndrome thing do you have that you don't have that um no you feel like you've actually worked your ass off for it haven't you <laughs> i don't but we, i don't come up with things from a very different perspective <laughs> i don't think i there's i don't have anything though so i'm just being myself you know mm. yeah i'm just i don't know like i've got a heavy dose of that christian sort of you are nothing in me right right you know you're the, you're the vessel that carries the water but the water is the important thing yeah it's sort of um well you're also like a, a a gem that can do greater things than the greatest thing right but that thing that you're doing is an expression of nature and spirit and therefore when you're fully in line with that purity of course you can magnify the glory of the universe mm -hmm. when you're in line with it. Like that's one of those things Crowley nailed. Like, you know, if you're in line with your true will, the force of the universe behind you, you're magnifying it through the gem of your being. Yeah. But we're all sinners. So we're not always all in line. And that's when planetary hours help. So getting back to planetary hours. Yeah, it's no. an interesting subject. I'm happy to dive into it. Uh, well, no, they're just, it's just, it's, you're only supposed to use them for making initial communication. They make initial communication with a spirit that you haven't contacted before easier. But you're maybe, right, they don't really. Maybe mm -hmm. they, they make sure you are, are getting the purest form of that current, like the least right. tinctured. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. that would really, like, you know, then going off the planetary hours, it would be like saying, well, how much mud do you want in your water? You can have water right. without mud, or you can have water with a little mud or a lot of mud. It's up to right. you. And if, You'll and be if like, you're, no fucking mud, please. Well, so we're in the water, planetary you know, hour. If, yeah. if you're watering a field, a little bit of mud doesn't matter. But if you're trying to drink the glass of water, yeah, you got to be more careful. So. Well, Matt, yeah, magic on the spot. Like, it's what I always tell people is the difference between I, I really make a big deal about the difference between practicing magic and performing magic. Mm -hmm. The reason we practice is so that we can perform when the moment hits in life and they do hit. So can I, can I, can I um, ask you some questions about the golden dawn stuff? The golden Fuck dawn yeah. experience. All right. Yeah. So, so, um, after Harper and I broke up, I dated uh, Sora Mem for a little while, and I, I got to learn a little bit about the Golden Dawn, um, very little, because she was so closed-mouthed about everything. She kept everything under wraps, you know. Which order if, is she in? I don't know. I don't know. I, is uh, she with the Ciceros? I don't think so, no. Yeah. 
Um, she's anyway. not. She's not with uh, uh, CSS, is she? I don't even know. Out of, CSS out of like is. Colorado. Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. she would be. She's part of the offshoot of our order. Right. Yeah. So like, anyway, yeah. like so, those are all so, those are all, all the top people. There are still all our friends. We all get along. Everyone in that yes. in all Excellent. of those orders gets along ever since Zinc got the, the boot. Yeah, I've heard that you guys are, are in a much better place since then. So yeah, I think but, pretty much everyone's getting along. And then there's just Zinc who's doing his own thing and Griffin who's, you know, masturbating in public. But you guys have this. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> no, me neither. We don't, we don't mention him. No. <laughs> um, but you guys have this connection in, in the astral realm. Like, it seems like. It's, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. It's a little bit funny. So, this feeling like, on the astral. So I, I, thought, I thought for years and years that the Golden Dawn, and just bear with me here, I was wrong. But I thought the Golden Dawn was a bunch of... of mess like hokey yeah. <laughs> uh hokey yeah. yeah i didn't know that i didn't know that you guys really believed that all the stuff that goes on in the astral was really real for real and i didn't understand that you guys are actually doing something all the time and this is this is just this is what i walked away from uh you know like just observing uh, uh, somebody who is very into the magical practice of the golden dawn in a, in a deep way you know uh seeing seeing somebody actually do the practice versus seeing somebody talk about the practices on the internet is completely different so um i wanted to know if if you can talk about how uh how how what 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 what's the weirdest connected experience you've had with other members in the golden dawn with with that um being plugged into that egregore that you guys seem to be janked into anything in particular or specifically you're wondering Oh no! Or just no, the just general, general experience. Like, what's 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 your what's your favorite experience that you can talk about that uh, that kind of would would let other people know that there's something more to the Golden Dawn practices than the tracing of the pentagrams and the visualing visualization of the blue lights and the you know like yeah. how, how do you how do you get the reality of of your system across to people because the the books have failed to um express yeah. it the reality of it so and and it, it 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 took actually seeing somebody who who does it you know to to uh, to begin to appreciate that that you guys have a system that is um not just living and active but uh kind of comprehensive yeah you know how there's the Golden Dawn flying rolls? Uh -huh. And they were papers adepts wrote and passed around to each other on advanced techniques, right? And, and things they were trying. Well, they did that a lot in the old order. That's some of the best work that came out of it. I mean, that otherwise Stephen Skinner wouldn't have even worked on it. You know, he, you know, he knows that stuff back to front, the most advanced techniques that everyone from Mathers to Yates 
and Florence Farr came up with. Think about this. There's an unbroken practice in Golden Dawn temples since then. And then tons of new orders that have sprung up. And they all do that for the most part. So there's thousands of flying wheels produced over the last hundred and something years that we're all still practicing from, learning from, and studying and passing about, sometimes even across orders. And then sometimes whole orders materials get leaked and everyone gets like all this stuff. But that's still like only a, a large, like you, you, you master and learn everything in the published material of the Golden Dawn in that first sort of five to seven years. And then you're just doing all this other stuff after that. So, you know, that's why when I talk to like, you know, Augustine Reyes or other Golden Dawn, it's like the rituals we really focus on are ones that people don't, haven't even heard of. Just the few thousand GD people that are on that path and looking for those yeah. techniques. And we're always developing further, you know, and as well as incorporating as much, you know, grimoires and Enochian's fundamental to everything, of course. Um, Enochian and vault work, it's, it's hard to explain to people the power of vault. Um, it's like, let me say this, I can tell you this. It was the only time in my entire life when I'm in the vault where I feel like everything and everyone I've ever known or imagined is all literally present next to me. Right. And we, that's why we never banish in the vault. We never do LBRPs or banishing rituals at all, ever in the vault. Right. And when you're in the vault, you're connected to everybody in the vault. Everything's right there. It's like you're in this matrix. Mm -hmm. So you don't right. have to like do much to work with energies. And the power, especially from the above and the floor and the ceiling, given what you go through within it during the initiation in a five six, it does change you. I think I hate the I hate the idea that there's such a thing as an ontological change. I really don't like the idea that there are ontological changes like baptism and stuff like that. But if I've ever experienced an ontological change, that would have been it. Well, Maybe it yeah, was just I, a next level epistemological one or teleological or just, you know, I upped my vibe, leveled up. What's it called? Downloaded and leveled up. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm old. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, and it literally felt ever after like it ever after that, it felt like my thoughts were just heavier. Yeah. Okay. Like, be careful what you think about sort of heavy. Because it, right. That's okay. So I was trying to talk about that earlier with the, with the authority that comes with being an imperator with the, uh, the un, unwanted responsibility that comes with uh, attainment and advancement. Yeah. You know, it, it's very much a, a theme. That, yeah. But, um, I guess so on my side I, I consider I consider the golden dawn practices to be really mystical not mystical magical but there's a lot of mysticism in the GD yeah it's like you guys you guys are operating heavy. okay so I, I I have some good friends who are um uh what do you call it um uh, uh Hare Krishnas and when I got to know them after a while, I learned that when they weren't talking to me, they were repeating Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, yeah. Rama, 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 Krishna, 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 you know, and just over and over again, that was their mantra. And when they weren't talking to me, they were saying their mantra. All the time. Inflaming oh. themselves with prayer. All the fucking yeah. time. 
and and I got to see like this one guy go through the whole process of of transformation as he as he became more and more a part of the mantra and the mantra became more and more a part of him and he became more himself and like you're saying the gym that shines the, the pure light through you know he, 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 you could see him sort of relax into himself and um the golden dawn system seems to be like that like when 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 i'm talking to people in the golden dawn i'm realizing now that you guys aren't uh how do i put it like like you're, you're always doing something on on the on the other side of things you know like I, I think that that gets lost in the translation like there, there's something about the golden dawn system where you guys are are constantly in ritual in some levels you know you know yeah. what i'm talking about of course like there's there's something that, and and nobody like nobody i never learned that I, it never it never made it through my thick skull that you guys are actually doing magic right now you know like right now the golden dawn is at work in the material world somewhat but also in all the other realms that you guys are are operating in doing things you know like like that part isn't isn't communicated that you're doing things no. that are keeping things well, going it, that's very pure and true to the rosicrucian tradition right this idea that steiner was so clearly clearly understood with the secret stream um mm -hmm. or the secret streams and like remember the fact a lot of people um you know, um, Skinner says initiatory systems haven't produced many saints that we know of. Well, 99.9% .9 of Golden Dawn initiates, of real initiates, you never hear of. Of course not. They just, they go off into the world. They, they graduate Hogwarts and move on with their lives. And that's mm -hmm. the majority of them. So they're off, you know, doing their magic, adepts of the world. So, um, but you guys, you guys have community though. Oh yeah. If you're involved in temple life right. or an order, it's, it can be, you know, heavy to light. I mean, I'm not, I I've been, I've been out since 2004, right? 2003, 2004. Um, so, and things have changed a lot, of course. Um, but are, are you really out though? I mean, well, you still, you, yeah, I, I mean, I graduated, I graduated hours. the Golden Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Right. And all my luggage is at Temple Isis Urania in, in, in England. Yeah, <laughs> just so, from I mean, last year, but or the other year. But um, here's the thing. Um, you gra I graduated the Golden Dawn in 1999 when I went into portal, right? The mm -hmm. portal of the Vault of the Adepti, the probationary grade for the inner order. And I was in that for a year and a half. And that was a that was a lesson. That was a lesson, you know, um, mm -hmm. Oh, but then you're graduated and it's distinctly said in the initiation that you're finished with it. So whether you get invited to the inner order or not, you know, most people don't. So that's, you've completed Hogwarts as I like to think of it, because you just, you know, the material isn't that in depth. It really isn't. And a lot of it's like the Kabbalah lectures by modern standards are completely outdated in the most absurd way. Um, like you want to learn modern Kabbalah, read fucking Moshe Adel, you know, don't even read Gershom Sholem because he's been disproven on most of his stuff or a lot of it. He was still Moshe Adel's mentor really, but, but it, you know, we, we are learning more. And then we got Justin Sledge, who's like, you know, trying to remind people like, Hey folks, doc, you know, he's a doctor, right. Of 
these scriptures. And he's like, look, 90% of the Kabbalistic texts we, we have aren't even transcribed, let alone translated or published. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of yeah. information we don't have. And that's very exciting. That should be, that should excite us as magicians and scholars, as Franz Barden likes to say. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot to unearth, but also, yeah, what we focus on the golden dawn is going deep with our work for sure. Like the amount of times you lie down on a temple floor to do astral work or body of light development work or astral travels, like, and do that for three, four, five, six hours isn't infrequent. That's more than a lot of people want to handle. Right. So I don't do that. Most people don't. It's insane. Why no one should do that? It's fucking crazy, man. What the fuck? So, it's fucking what? Well, what? But, all right. So that's the that's the you have no other life. Most people isn't isn't. Well, this is just training. Is not right? the target is not the target audience for the Golden Dawn. But you got to remember that's just training. You only do that for the those period of years. After that, especially after five six, all of that training fuses mm -hmm. and your abilities yeah, if, if do you, go up if you do it though but i mean it's not necessary no of course not i mean it's, but it's it's a calling no, any any like grimoire magic takes just as much time as like inner planes work is what i'm saying you know like it's not faster to go do a whole grimoire ceremony necessarily no, in preparation either no they're very very it's different completely different goals completely different intent different different results i mean i think ultimately at all i mean i think every path contributes to the overall current that is the sum of all currents that is the onward progression of of the soul of the universe the transmigration of the all thing whatever you know i believe that at my core it's boring though and it's it's too meta meta for for a useful conversation in my opinion but um that said you know the the individual magician who is working on um getting laid and getting paid is not the golden dawn initiate who's going to sit there on the floor for three hours and do astral no man work. that's what we're all jealous of oto people for they're like damn they get to look at naked girls every sunday you know and we're like well oh, don't. it's the naked girls are are you guys are the wild sexy guys we're it's just too wild and sexy guys. It's a symbol, man. Yeah, it's I know, I know. But you guys do have more fun. You have wine afterwards. Oh, yeah. And well, if, I'm, I'm, I'm technically, I'm still on the outs. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, so we, I had an audience question. This is like my first or second audience question ever. Uh -oh. And yeah, um, um, they wanted to know what happened with with you. And I thought we covered it, but half the time we've already talked, I was blacked out. So. Oh, well, you know what? We should talk about that sometime. Oh, I don't think so. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> it's, I'm Irish, man. Say it enough, me. Yeah, no. Uh, I, I, uh, I, drank for, I drank hard for a long time, but you know what? But I, I also didn't drink until I, I was 25, so that... Well, see, yeah, I only so drank that's for like, like four, you know four what I mean? six years, but I, I made like, up for a lot of it. I didn't but do you know, it when I was young. It makes a difference, all this, I think. All this, all this shit about blackout drinking, you know, I don't believe it. 
first time I blacked out was I don't remember ever 26. blacking out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Prove oh. it. Prove it, man. Look, man, maybe You're I was so just asleep. Funny. You're so I could have I could have just been asleep, you know, just because you say I did these things. <sighs> anyway. Um, where were we? What were we talking about? Oh, what happened to me? Why you got kicked out of the OTO? Okay, so um well, at Noticon. I, you and like hundreds of other people. I was talking to my Canadian fellow friend, uh, you know, Lilith. Uh-huh. You know Lilith Zara. Uh maybe. Yeah. Uh they're from Toronto, but they live in the States and run Thelema Tube, which I'm mm. able to upload videos to for some insane reason. I don't <laughs> I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, but uh, like like Richard Davis and there's a whole like whole bunch oh, yeah, of you yeah. got the boot right, which is oh fucking well, nuts. Not so much the boot as as we went our separate ways due to uh, philosophical differences of opinions. Yeah, uh, we 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 believe people should be nicer and kinder, and they believe that people should be respected for their authority. <laughs> So um, that's, a, that's a real, it's a simplification of a lot of things. But personally, the reason I got kicked out uh, was because I called for the disbandment of the um, electoral college, one of the three branches of government in the OTO. Um, I, I said that they were a bunch of basically uh, false magicians who didn't understand how magic worked and a bunch of cliquish old hens who weren't living up to their responsibilities and they should be disbanded. Um, it was uh, perfidious is the word they used, which I had to look it up to figure out what it meant. But it basically I was, um, I was committing treason against they my They dropped order. the P word. Yeah. Perfidity. Oh perfidity. yeah. Mm. So I was, I was kicked out for perfidity. Zinc would call you up. He'd be like, you'd be like 7am. You'd get phone calls like, Fratter, I think you're, slipping back you'd be like huh what i think you're slipping back on the path oh no fratter for perfidity no he just zinky poo would would fuck with you and stuff like that once he told me he's like fratter you need to be awake every morning call me 8 a.m no sleeping in (laughs) and so i'd wake up at 8 a.m even though i was working till 4 a.m at this job and call him and then I just read Lord of the Rings till I would fall asleep around 10 for an hour. And then another adept would throw something at me and wake me up and we'd have to start, you know, cleaning for whatever classes or rituals. You realize that that was a abusive, right? Zinc? Robert Zinc was abusive? What? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Ah. It sounds, it sounds like it might be a little bit abusive. It doesn't Dude, sound like fucking, a healthy relationship. Fucking put his cum in the communion wine at a Eucharist. That's gross. That was like... Spe- speaking that as that a was years. that's disgusting. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know it's bad when... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know... <laughs> our founder, our founder Z- wrote poems about eating poop. <laughs> Yeah, right. And so I like, still think that it's disgusting that you're <laughs> zinc put, zinc coming. puts cum in communion wine, Crowley, colon. You're colon. gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the meme format they're using, right? Yeah, yeah, dude, like that would even even Crowley would be like, bro, bro, save it for a blowy. <laughs> He's like, I 
could have eaten that. Anyway. <laughs> hey, he whatever whatever broke his limits down, right? Whatever broke his limits down, that he was very clear about that. He was always I respect the fact that Crowley was always very clear about why he was doing a lot of things. I'm sure sometimes he yeah. just wanted to get stoned or have gay sex, but he also did purposely break boundaries for himself. It's like he was brainwashing himself to become the version of himself he wanted to be. But I not think it was like that, you like know, that gemstone and the light thing, you know. That's a I like that metaphor that you used earlier about the the purifying your gem so that you can let the light through. I think he was trying to do that in his own way, but he wanted to focus the the light according to his ideas of what it should be rather than just let the light form him into what it wanted him to be. So it's more of a left hand path approach, I think, yeah. than a right hand path. But I, I think that that's like the big difference between the the laid and paid magician and the the lodge format magician, you know, somebody who's willing to be subsumed into the, for the greater good, you know, and that's, that's what I was trying to get to earlier with the talking about what you guys experience as your golden dawn initiates right. is that undercurrent of being uh, part of a, of a greater whole that's working together consciously, intentionally on purpose versus these uh people on my side of the fence of the occult community i think um who are sole practitioners mostly we're single magicians who have i have an altar space that uh maybe two other magicians have seen but nobody else has ever used you know i, I don't have a vault that i share with everybody i don't have a, a set of shared practices per se we all have similar practices but we're not doing the same things. And there's a bunch of individuals that work together on, on these courses and stuff uh, on, on different aspects of the occult, but we don't, we aren't combined under an oath. We aren't um, in agreement to use our energies for the same purpose. You know, we're all just a bunch of chaotic, um, wild and crazy guys yeah basically and it's it's not and it's not thelemites either it's 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 people who aren't even interested in crowley or the golden dawn or anything to do with any any of that who who might have heard of chaos magic and maybe saw donald michael craig in passing but you know they they've cut their teeth on the hecateon and um uh, Jason Miller's sorcery, you know, and, and their approach is completely. My my friend in Vancouver is doing his course right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's a completely different approach, you know. Um, we I, I sat down with Jason Miller and BJ Swain yesterday, and talked about the Holy Guardian Angel for an hour and a half. Wow, and it was a great conversation. We answered all these questions from people that BJ gathered, and you know, and it was it was a wonderful conversation. And I realized like halfway through that. Um, yeah, Jason Miller's approach is completely non-traditional. I you know, just bought not... his book like uh, for my birthday, Strategic Sorcery, so I've been reading it. Yeah, continue, but, please continue. I want to talk about this. But he's like he's like formed a, a an OTO lodge when he was um, younger. You know, he formed. He joined one. Still around? No, he formed it. It was he was one of the founding members. He didn't say that when he was interviewed with. Um, oh, I might be wrong then. He might. Yeah, he, might he have, said because he, he, he mentioned for a little while. He mentioned that when he joined the OTO, uh, one of the senior members came to him and said, "Look, this is your not your path. Like this is not where you're going to stick with. This is a jumping off point." Yeah, but he and 
he and um can't remember their names i, I know it was uh uh he's still there really good friend of mine he tried to sponsor me and i can't remember his name that's his name my life jesus um remind me not to be a really good friend of yours i can't remember your name either rumpens rumpens katane rumpens katane oh my god howard howard see my good see? friend howard if only i were jesus. called howard if yeah, only anyway. Nineveh shadrach has scribed my magical modeling being like thou art known as the fratter Howard. Howard, Howard, Jason, and, and some other guy formed Thalesis together, and they're the three founding members. Thalesis. It sounds like it's a lot like the Fadi Ra name in New Zealand, like you know, Smaragdum Thalassus. Thalesis is one of the uh, muses, the the muse of war. No, no. So anyway, um, yeah. So even though he he formed a a, a lodge group organization he never got past second degree in in the oto and he dropped it and he moved on to pursue a, a individual path that he's taught other people how to how to use and he calls it sorcery but he's not you know he's not a traditional magician he didn't like get initiated he doesn't believe in neoplatonism he isn't a, a grimoire enthusiast he well i don't believe in neoplatonism i don't I'm not going to argue with you about it. No, no, no. We, You're free no to need. be wrong. There's no need. Care. No. I'm an Aristotelian, <laughs> brother. But more than that, uh, I, I'm... Uh, I, I think well, Neoplatonism we can't get into is... that right now. I wrote a book on this. I already wrote a book on this. I wrote the Okay, but, but isn't Neoplatonism God. a useful metaphor? There's useful methodologies within, within it, for sure. But, and that's, that's the I, extent I, of its value, in my opinion. And I, I was think finally... I was finally in a safe space. I was in a safe space, okay? And that's hard when, um, you know, you're so fragile as me. And David Heim Smith provided me a safe space to, uh, you know, come clean. But yeah, I'm, uh, I, I just think, I think, um, I do, I usually think most things are more complex than we understand them to be. That's a common thing that I think. Um, but I definitely like philosophically and metaphysically side with Heimsmith, but I never heard anyone else say that stuff outside of a very niche line of thinking that's similar to like certain mystical theologians in the academic world who think along the same lines as people like Umberto Eco and such, um, you know, like Jacques Lacan, you know, they're thinking in semi-metaphysical terms, but not necessarily, definitely not metaphysical in the way it's been in the new age spiritual community, but also in a, in a high contradistinction to Platonic thought. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of our thought is grounded in linguistics and the idea of, you know, that, that's being developed in, in cognitive sciences and then quantum physics, right? So we're, we're philosophical movements open to these influxes interdisciplinarily of, from linguistics and quantum and cognitive science and quantum physics, because that stuff has to inform philosophy and theology. Otherwise, what we're just jerking each other off. Yeah, and it has to be a living tradition because otherwise it's just stuck in one one piece of time. But all of those models provide that useful uh, framework, you know, like Neoplatonism yeah. might be bunk for a lot of it, but 
it has explanatory force in certain situations that yeah. make it easier to explain what we're going through as magicians, you know, but at the same time, quantum physics explains some pieces of it. Um, the astral model explains a lot of what goes on. The um, psychological model is useful for keeping, keeping yourself in check. You know, the yeah. uh, spirits are real externally from yourself. Um, model it's it's great for understanding some things that happen that you wouldn't that you couldn't explain otherwise you know but okay i i lost my point <laughs> you, you ever think about the fact you know how in the four worlds of the kabbalah right no i've got a million thoughts to share with you on this stuff this is great uh -huh. it's awesome um do you know how in the four worlds of the kabbalah there's the thank you formative worlds and the active worlds if you you guys aren't aren't right. exclusive members you can't see the video of this on magicwithoutfears.com brought to you by our sponsor adrenochrome get two for one adrenochrome today use code word epstein epstein i haven't done that fake ad in a while i like my fake ads <laughs> I thought it was a real one. I was like, holy shit, what have I gotten myself involved with? What the fuck is adrenochrome? I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Do you see Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's like, I'm like that's... don't you have to get that from a, <sighs> from a tortured human child? Yeah. 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 Um, not that there's anything wrong with that if that's their true will hey we'll do a round know, table we'll do a round <laughs> table on adrenochrome with you and and jeffrey Contreras and and uh, a few other oh my god yeah did you we'll have a good time were you serious about it being um video only for private content? yeah generally oh that's cool. generally what i do it's my gimmick so they can't see me when i when i reveal all the ultimate secrets of the universe if i were to do it on camera I'm already screenshotting no, your hands because hands are my feet. Tell them what it was. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. It was his wiener. It wasn't my wiener. Can you imagine if this wiener. podcast? Hands. Can you imagine this podcast went like full Howard Stern? No. You're like, no, so Frater Ash and Shasan, what is your favorite breast size? Oh my God. <laughs> you imagine you have, you have someone like him there? with limited time to answer questions and you're like <laughs> he's such a perfectionist that i would not be surprised <laughs> dude i finally got to talk to him and <laughs> i oh, mean man. his his magical his magical skills are incredible i mean his arts and craft skills you know the way he can put that shit together it's such a fine attention to detail that I imagine his his uh, preferred breast size would come with <laughs> a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> with an argument like, for why, this is how why you do. his preference was actually historically accurate and everybody else's was not. <laughs> and if you have a Kasari Fundo or knotted rope, you can do Shinkangata and Onikudaki through Gogyo and, and the breasts are down. See. Because he's a ninja. He is a ninja. Plus, he's like yeah. a hardcore security guard. He's a fantastic guy. Oh my god! Like I was Facebooking with him yesterday morning about you know Happy St. Patty's Day because him and him and uh, you know his scryer have such a Celtic affinity. Um, and then later on on Facebook, I see it's his birthday. I'm like, dude, we we like 
for talking really a few minutes and you weren't like oh it's also my birthday no no of course he didn't and so uh -huh. i had to and it's like you know ashy chassis that's the problem now i have to like write you again and post on your wall happy birthday motherfucker mm -hmm. i definitely didn't say that to someone who could kill me with one movement but um you know uh, i he if he, really if he had cool. just yeah no he's so cool man he's so cool I mean, he's he's not he's he should not sell locks of his hair like locks of his hair in little heart-shaped boxes that you can wear yeah, around your neck like that long though, yeah because he's got that's fine i'll pay i'll pay 100 bucks for that 93 93 99 93 93 i don't think he would be in the oto though it's been... mm, no no um i mean dude after richard davis's presentation that was sort of damning right like if the OTO can't accept what Richard Davis's argument proves, and that's on my YouTube, um, thanks to Chris Bennett and well, my involvement in Crowley Mass. If you can't accept that argument, I think you're just wrong. Like I think it was a, it was like there's certain things in academia. I know in Pauline studies there was a few papers that like you had to read them because they definitively proved things within Pauline studies. You know, like Are you talking about from the Greek. Yeah, in, in the New Testament, like from the epistles, right? So there's certain things when you study the epistles of St. Paul and then you study the Greek of them, there's certain essays that you have to read because they definitively proved certain things. And until you read them, you're missing a lot. You're missing a lot. Like so, things like the righteousness of Christ, right? So that can be that can be read in two different ways. And there's an essay from written that my teacher wrote and he was a student of Karl Barth who's a big deal uh, in the 20s um, 1920s and he wrote an essay that proved something through the Greek in the about what the righteousness of Christ means and you know it's like there's other essays like that in in every biblical field that are definitive and you have to read them and that's that's something that you know that's something that the mainstream misses out on and that's why they always say in, well, in seminary and academia like it's 75 50 75 years before that level of knowledge be, seeps out to the mainstream right and that's true in in sciences too but yeah what, what was richard davis's um oh it was really was fascinating oh if, if you yeah everyone needs to listen to richard davis's presentation with at chris bennett's crowley mess it's on my youtube um, just I cut it out as my own thing because, you know, I helped host that event and Chris is a friend of mine and I love him very much. Um, we're in this new journal together. Do you know what this new journal that Alex is doing? Mm -mm. Okay, you're going to get a call soon to be in this thing. It's It's got a great name and Stephen Skinner's writing it and Chris Bennett's writing it and I'm writing it and like, yeah, uh, Brian was too busy, but yeah, so... Okay. Yeah, cool. We need more journals, right? Like, let's do more journals. Why not? Sure. Why not? Who gives a fuck, right? Like, boom, you should do a journal. Yeah, Seattle, maybe Seattle magic. And now a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. Wow. And a picture right, of so you with a bow and arrow.
I don't think I'm going to be the one that is in any pictures. You're not going to be firing <laughs> any shots? No, no. I, I, I know a model, though. <laughs> Dude, I dated a model in 2011. And uh, then she went on to date. No, Nicole, my, my, my girlfriend is a model. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I did. So I did a model for, I was engaged to a model in 2011. She went on to be with a guy I knew from high school who was the keyboardist in the frontline assembly and a good friend of, I don't want to say the name, but Marco Visconti. And they were a good friend. And my ex fiance, four years later, led to that frontline assembly keyboardist's death. That's how toxic this model was. So watch out, man. But I'm sure Nicole's awesome. Nicole's awesome. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And also, um, Marco, huh? <laughs> well, you know, I talked to him. He's on my website. I don't know. I don't know anything about Marco. So, hey, you know, I was talking I heard, to. I heard he was uh, a cool DJ once. I was I was talking to Talison McKnight, and I don't really know anything about him. But he came, he, he crossed my path. And I was like, look, hey, I know he was under his real name. So, but I was like, I know you thought about bringing back your YouTube channel, this guy. And I was like, if you ever want to do a podcast and like tell your story, like, because I know shit went down with Talison McKnight and his whole YouTube channel and his life. And then he, there was, I've heard a bunch of things. But I said to him, like, when we crossed paths, I was like, hey, if you ever, like, if you were near a place to come tell your story, come talk for three or four hours right like this is i think we need a place as occultists that are like well i'm i'm a very christian dude right like so i'm all about like we're sinners <laughs> we all need oh, to be yeah. forgiven yeah Repent, like i'm very repentance. i'm very vague on the idea that like we're all fucking sinners and we all need to be constantly forgiven not seven times not 77 times not 777 times fucking every time i'm Great. i think we need like that is anti-cancel culture really you're not going to make any friends pointing out that Christians are right about something. But dude, I'm, I'm a fucking Christian priest. So like, you know, I know, I know, but it doesn't, it doesn't people don't like way. me reminding them of that. Yeah. But then again, like, you know, I spend time each week counseling Episcopal clergymen. Well, so in how to do Solomonic magic, I don't think you're wrong. Okay. I don't think you're wrong in, in, in in any of that but i don't i don't think that the culture is ready to accept enlightenment <laughs> i don't think i don't think that they can handle it i don't Dude, think like they can handle forgiveness jason jason lou said on midnight gospel enlightenment is the starting point in hermetic yeah. in hermeticism it is it really is and and the the idea that Christianity has something good to offer modern occultists without there being anything at risk to them as magicians or spiritual beings or fine upright uh, citizens, you know, it, it's, it's anathema to them to, to even, to even consider Christianity as anything more than yeah. something evil. And it's like, yeah. That's that's not my world, right? Well, it's not it's not reality, you know. It's like well, um, people in the Rudolf Steiner Golden Dawn world, like Jesus is a big part of it, right? But we yeah. interpret Jesus like as Yeshua, right? Like the the great magic. You we were talking about the Golden Dawn current, right? The Golden Dawn current is in Yeshua Mihiamnia, right? That is the Golden Dawn current, 
right? And that is Osiris, right? And it's yet Yeshua, which is the five elements united. So nature uniting through spirit. And that loose theology is incredibly syncretistic between Jewish, Christian, and Egyptian, right? Mm -hmm. And it's only recently we're starting to understand the full scope of its earlier antecedent in Assyria. Mm -hmm. And then, then the ways it's been transmitted since that Judeo-Christian origin is quite well documented. We know that quite and even, well. And even before that, in the, uh, the, the Hellenic, the Hellenistic, you know, under Alexander the Great, um yeah it, it was all the 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 Dervaini papyrus is something i've been going on and on about lately but it talks about the the zeus is all in all and uh very much all the elements are are working they're in union for for according to the 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 plan of of the infinite deity anyway it, it's very much in keeping with the rosicrucian current yeah, well, especially when you, when you remember that Jesus is literally Horus, mm -hmm. right? You know, intentionally and directly extracted, Isis and Horus, Mary and Jesus. It wasn't. It didn't go through some tr transliteration. It's a it's a one for one adaptation, and even Christian theologians are not confused about that. Fucking in mm -hmm. seminary, they told it to us straight up, right? Yeah. You know, there's Roman Catholics in the seminary. There's there's Unitarian Universalists, but there's also Roman Catholics because it's all academic, right? These are professors yeah. who care about validly getting published in the religion journals, you know? So they can't be full of shit. This is not some evangelical conservative shit. This is yeah. fucking scholarship. But yeah, but, you know, that'd be best shit mm -hmm. is scholarship. <laughs> best shit to scholarship but you know it, even so even if you can understand the ideas of christianity and the understand the, the ideas of neoplatonism or whatever whatever if you can understand the ideas of it great but so what if you can't apply things like forgiveness you know if if you if you can't accept the idea of forgiveness because it, it, it's something that the christians taught then you're in no way you're going to be able to actually forgive someone, you know, you can't even forgive an idea. <laughs> How can you forgive another human being? <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know, the, the, the occult community just isn't, isn't ready for that level of uh, applied hermetic truth. In my opinion. It's why a lot of the orders like they're like, you know, only only Gargamel advertises, you know, no, the rest are, are either unadvertised or like, you know, some of them don't even have websites. Like, that's why I'm saying Scotland instead of a name, mm -hmm. right? You know, like, they leave us alone. And God bless them. Like, God bless them, right? Because like, if you were nearby, probably you'd hook up with them, right? I mean, if, if they were in my town or your town, if they're, you know, well, there are gr good groups in my town, but like, you want to work with other magicians. <laughs> I was going to say musicians, but yeah. um, I mean both. I'm so starved for music. That's why I live streamed upside down last night. Anyway, like that's why I love what's happening in our sphere because we're all independent people like you, me, Jason. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of us who are independent. And, and the more we work together, 
we can actually set a good example for the orders. I think so. And the order needs to catch up. And it's not just the orders, it's also the the individuals who are young and and not young, but you know, new to the new to the current, new to the process of self-transformation and everything that, that resembles it, you know. Yeah. So one of the reasons well, hey, I, I don't care about what order someone is in is because if the more groups that train just well-trained magicians, that's more people we can interact with and work with. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't care how you became a fucking plumber. I just want to know, can you fucking plumb? <laughs> can you right? fix can you, the fucking like, pipes? <laughs> if you can fix the pipes, then yeah. we can work together. If you don't actually know what you're doing, we can't work together. Like, I'm I have zero doubt you, me, Tony, Steven, Brian, Aaron, any of us could get together with fucking throwing Stratton Kent, right? You know, he'd probably like put on the right Zeppelin album. We'd all take acid and just have the best magical experience ever. But like, you know, we could all work together. Anyone who really does know their shit, it's really easy to work with them. I've noticed this across traditions. So don't worry so much about which Hogwarts you go to. Just fucking get trained up. Or do a one-on-one -on -one yeah. method, which is the AAA style anyway. It's the it's the old grimoire style as master apprentice anyway. So like go do that. Just just but learn it, learn it all, at least the basics. Get your fucking black belt. Cause then we can all get together and work together. And that's where it's really magical, right? You know, you mm -hmm. go to a place, do a bunch of crazy ritual work, do a bunch of lectures, have a campfire, sing yeah. kumbaya, and, and just... go home. Why can't we fill our lives with that? We fucking can. And it wouldn't be long, actually. If we, and if we give a shit, well, I think degrees are stupid. I think they're so fucking stupid. But, like, anyone with a degree can give credits. And there's, there's a new wave of, of education happening. Mystery schools are on the comeback, you know? Like, yeah. Voter Honograph from the University of Amsterdam argued that the religious studies department rename itself spirituality. He couldn't literally say that, but we all know that's what he was saying. Like, he wrote an entire essay in the religion the main religion academic journal called religion arguing that basically religious studies departments changed their name to spirituality studies worldwide that would be a game changer right for the average right. normie going into college but he never actually literally said that so you can imagine the the verbiage necessary in an academic journal essay to say everything but that but that's what he was saying and we all know it Call yeah. rename religion stu religious studies spirituality studies. Just fucking do it, fucking do it. But in the meantime, the rest of us in the as more occult spheres can build our networks and cross promote, affiliate, and interact and build up just serious magicians that are capable of going into a serious ritual setting and working together. And then yeah. sing kumbaya. You know, you have to sing. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we are we're all singing kumbaya to ourselves in our in, in our hymns of silence in the eighth sphere or something. I don't know. But hey, man, uh, I've had a great rose. time to talk to you, but I gotta I gotta jump. Yeah, brother. All right, it's nine thirty my time. So you old man. Yeah, I've got I've got things I must attend to. Absolutely, it's but, been a pleasure. Yeah, it's always great to talk to you. We can pick up where we left off next time. Bye, Joshy. I love you. See you later, bear. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Peace and love.
Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. HermeticScienceEnterprises.co.uk